your girl, Keith of Kentucky, and you're tuned into another episode of So There's That, the podcast. I'm going to be real, real with you right now. I don't know what episode this is. I think it's episode 30. <laughs> I think it's episode 30. We're going to come up with a title for it, as usual. Y'all know I ain't about shit, and I probably ain't going to be shit in 2020. Speaking of, Happy New Year's Eve, guys. We're here. We made it through another year. <sighs> This year for me, we're going to get into it. This year, how was your day? Did you eat today? Did you listen to your, your favorite music today? Are you going somewhere tonight? Do you have a plan? Don't drink and drive, guys. It's not worth it. Don't text your ex neither. That's not worth it either. Um, reflect tonight. And this is exactly what this episode is going to be about. You're not going to be diving in too much celebrity mess. Uh, I want to be transparent with you guys. I'm utilizing this episode as therapy. Your girl has gone through so much shit this year. Um, And I'm here and I'm trying to be as vibrant and optimistic and positive and loving and not let the things that have happened to me this year change the person who I am in my spirit so I'm here and I was very adamant about doing an end of the year episode and sharing a few of my thoughts and experiences with you guys this year and even on this episode I have a few people that were willing to and shout out to you guys and thank you so much to share some of the things that they have learned in 2019 I've been just bugging the shit out of y'all on the social media. You can follow me pretty much anywhere at Keep the Kentucky, my personal account on Instagram, Snapchat, the Twitters, and then you can follow the So There's That um, items at So There's That Pod on Instagram, and you can follow my Facebook page at Keep the Kentucky. So, hmm. I just got finished watching you, by the way, season two. If you didn't watch it yet, it got me all over the place. I really had to do a little late year binge, and I'm glad I got to do that. And you was pretty good. It wasn't exceptional to me, like everybody shouting about. And I don't know what y'all see in this, this goofy-ass white boy. He is not fine. He's got a quirk to him, okay? <laughs> He got his ways, but he's not, I don't know. I, I was trying to see it. I wasn't really seeing it. But anyways, we'll get back on topic here. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to fill you guys in on a lot of things because I haven't posted an episode since September and there's a lot of things going on behind that. So I'm going to be, I'm going to try not to get emotional, um, but shit, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to use this platform to talk and to get my shit off and I hope you guys can take something away from this either from myself or from my friends who offered to participate in this episode I appreciate you guys again like I said I I was bugging the shit out of everybody hey guys go on my anchor app and post a message let me know how 2019 affected you what did you learn from this year and so for the four or five people that were able to participate in that, I really appreciate you. And then before I even get into that, I really appreciate, oh my God, my friends, my tribe, um, the people who don't know me that have reached out to me because they have listened to the podcast. I feel like I had a successful year in podcasting despite of a lot of the blank spaces and white noise that I had in between dealing with real life and for me being able to get a certain amount of listens per episode for me going into this year that was my goal and I hit those goals and so I'm happy and even to be off the air for a little bit and still see the numbers rising slowly but surely it it means so much to me it lets me know that my uh, dreams my ambitions are valid and that I can continue to pursue those regardless of what I'm going through. If this is something that I really want to do, I put in the work, I set aside the time, and I just go for it. And um, that is something that I will continue to work on in 2020 because 
this was me stepping out on a ledge and being really as consistent as I could be doing this podcast and it has been it has been life-changing in a sense to have this and to be able to use it to express myself and get my shit off and talk and then actually have that conversation with other people and make connections with people it's been great so I really do appreciate you guys God bless y'all and let's talk let's let's catch you up on a few things that have gone on with me so I started off this year I was very optimistic I was goal-oriented um I wrote down so many things. I had intentions. I had goals and things that I wanted to accomplish and get there. And I met some of them. I met some of them. Some of them are going to have to trail their ass into 2020 and that's okay. Because I feel like as long as I have breath in my body, I got to stop giving myself these deadlines to my successes. And not beating myself up for meeting, for, for putting these 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 time stamps on my shit you know what I'm saying like I'm gonna get there eventually I, I just need to you know I have to take care of myself in order to get there and as long as I have breath in my body and the courage to push forward even though I have all this shit like flying at me from work to personal life to dealing with all these different elements I've never experienced before as long as I have breath in my body I can still move forward there's You know, I obviously can sit and have that time to deal with the things going on with me, but you can't sit too still. You can't sit too long. And so, anyways, let me let me catch y'all. I said I was (laughs) at the beginning of the year. I said I was gonna just you know get all these things done, and I, I I I feel like I accomplished a lot of my goals. So I'm looking at the year. I was very consistent with my podcast for what I, I, you know, I will get into why the last six months of the year was fucked up for your girl. But at the beginning of the year, I felt like, you know, I was giving y'all weekly, bi-weekly content. You know what I'm saying? I was in there. I was, you know, conversing with the people in the comment section. I was having a good time. My home life was great. Work was great. And then shit just somewhere around June timeframe just got crazy. At work, I had a loss of personnel. So it was like a three-man shop when usually I'm working with about six people. Um, I lost the captain of my ship, who was my boss, and then in turn kind of got somebody that I'm still working to get this cohesion (laughs) so that my shop can work efficiently out this bitch. I am just screwed. So I'm dealing with that. I'm dealing with some personal issues. And then, middle of the year, I didn't talk myself into going to this course. Which, it wasn't bad. In retrospect, it wasn't bad. It was a big fucking waste of time. So, I do admin, guys. And they have a course that you can go to to get administratively sound in your duties and your billet description and hopefully take away some things to make better uh, work decisions in your your office space so I went there I was there for two months which is fucking unnecessary for (laughs) the content that was taught to us um but I will say this I have never gone away from home since any of my kids have been born I'd, I'd lie I did go to Tampa earlier this year that was fun but I went for like literally four days and I came back home this was the longest I've ever been my husband has gone to several different things and he's gone he's come back and I've held it down and I've been okay with that I was so scared to leave my house and go do that for myself and I know that at the end of the day it was something you know it was co- career progression I had to do it to make it shine I'm dealing with being passed over I don't I talked to you guys a little bit about that I didn't get selected for promotion this year it was something I was dealing with as well like I was like oh I'm rejected bitch like what the fuck I'm out here putting out I'm you know I'm being great at my job what's going on and so I'm dealing with the rejection of that so I'm like okay bitch 
we got to make some moves. We got to do something. You can't necessarily go put in a package and do this because your husband is doing the same job as you. You have three kids. You're still trying to maneuver that. You're trying to figure that. You're trying not to be fat because you can't be fat. <laughs> you're trying to run because, bitch, you're slow. Like, it was a lot of stuff going on. And then on top of that, okay, now I'm going to leave my husband at home with these three kids <laughs> and go do this thing in Camp Lejeune, North Carolina. So I'm going to go do that. And it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. You go, you do your, little, your physical test, you do your weigh-ins, you sit there for the course and you learn new things about your job. And you network. And you talk and you make friends and you go out to drink with those friends and you make genuine connections with people. Um, I was afraid of all that. I was like, fuck all this. I don't want to do this. I'd rather be at home. I don't want to do this. (laughs) I didn't want to participate in that, but I knew, you know, coming off the, the end of being passed over, feeling that rejection, I felt like I had to do something to step out and show that I wanted to be or needed to be here. And so I did that, and it wasn't a regretful experience because I came into that. They made us stay in with roommates, and I was already like, what the fuck, dog? I'm a grown-ass 31-year-old. Well, why am I with a roommate? <laughs> but the woman that I met that was my roommate is very, very special to me now. Such a sweetheart. Um, just amazing woman she recently got selected for warrant officer I'm very very proud of her and I can't wait to see her she's gonna have to come to my side of town for her course and hopefully we get to you know make some time for each other and uh anything she needs she she can always ask me like that is the type of connection I made with her at that course and so at the end of the day I I avoided that I really didn't want to do that. I want to thank the person that was my boss at the time that convinced me that outside of this one, hey girl, you need a break. You just had three kids. Go home, go do something away from the kids, away from the husband. Do something for yourself. Do something for your career. And he pushed me to do that and I didn't want to. And then on top of that, making these friends and these people have checked in with me and stayed in contact with me while I'm going through all these things current day. Um, It is an experience that I wouldn't take back that I'm grateful that I was able to have. So I went to the course. I wanna say I learned things. (laughs) I learned that motherfuckers be wilding way into their 30s and that is okay. Um, I learned from that course that there are people that been very I've been transparent about what I do right I'm a marine and I'm trying to I'm always very should I talk about that or should I not talk about that (laughs) like on the podcast because people be trying to send stuff to people's commands and stuff I just want to be able to express myself freely without dealing with that shit and so I go to this course and there's a lot of people that are older than me there but there's a lot of people acting way younger than me there (laughs) like what the fuck like I'm around these old motherfuckers and they still don't know how to act no shade I love y'all but y'all was wilding out for a little bit um (laughs) your girl did a first um what is it called what is they called why did I not remember what it was called well I'll explain it when you get a beer and you cut the bottom it's some white people shit I love y'all y'all great people to party with this is, this is not no shit. We partake us in, okay? Shotgun. There we go. I did my first shotgun, guys. It was amazing. What an experience. But I didn't want to do it. I was just trying to go downstairs to get my laundry. And they're like, hey, come down here and do this shotgun. I'm like, what the fuck is a shotgun, bro? So... <laughs> had to share that with y'all because I never did that and I was just like what is this so I learned bachata down there y'all I took my friends out karaoke and all this and while I'm dealing with this obviously I'm learning a lot of good stuff about our job a lot of that stuff I've explained it to them they did an end of the course survey and I told them that that shit don't need to be fucking eight weeks it don't I was away from the family for so long to learn only 
stuff. I ain't too, too honk, honk on my ass. Like, I'm the best administrator in the game. But a lot of shit I just already knew. And the things that I didn't know, um, Hurricane Dorian came and fucked it up. Because there was some stuff we had to evacuate, and then we had to come back. And during that time, it was when we was going to learn shit that I genuinely had no clue about that I was ready to take some notes for. Um, but I didn't get a chance to do that. And <laughs> that's okay. Um, so the whole course aside, but while I was dealing in that course, um, my mother got sick. Okay. So at this time, I'm going to try not to get emotional. I'm going to try to hold this shit together and this kind of recap from September on forward. September, um, I'm still at this course. I'm going home every other weekend to be with my husband and kids, but, um, I think I was I was in North Carolina um, this this weekend in particular, and they have this really delicious fucking place called Cookout down there. And I was on my way to go get some Cookout, which is they have cheeseburgers and fries, and they got a weird ass fucking menu, but everything on it is lit. It's delicious. And if you're anywhere in the Jacksonville area, go try you some Cookout. It's very delicious. It's good. Um, <laughs> so I'm driving on the way to go get my burger and my fries and my shake. Excuse me. And, um, one of my mom's friends called me. Now, mind you, just to give you a backstory here. My mom has been in and out of the hospital. Um, and to give you a bigger background before I have to go further with that. My mom, um, had cervical cancer, excuse me. She had cervical cancer when I was in fifth grade. Okay. And what me and my sister believe, I have one other sister, um, is that during the time when she had chemo and radiation is that um, the radiation soon um, affected her bowels. And for the last few years, she's had this issue with her bowel movements and um, she can't really hold on to any nutrition, right? It's very weird to explain. Um, but y'all know how everybody's bodies work that way. We put stuff in and shit got to get out some kind of way. No pun intended. Um, but my mom wasn't able to really hold on to anything, any kind of food. She would eat really, really good. She could not hold on to any nutrition. So over the years, my mother has slowly just lost a lot of weight. Um, the last time I saw her physically, um, outside of this past October, um, she was really small, but my mom's always been small, right? So I'm not freaking out, but I'm just like, okay, getting little moms, bro, you know, let's eat, let's know what, what we got to do. You know, I'm calling myself Dr. House out this bitch trying to figure out two and two. Let's do this. We got to do that. Let's try to do this. My sister's doing the same thing. We're trying to figure out the solution that none of the doctors can figure out because she has had this issue, but it just blew up over the last few years. And we can't figure out. It seems like such a simple thing. Why can't they figure out how to fix her, um, her bowels and her intestines so she can be right and she can maintain a healthy weight? So I'm watching my mom, like, just lose a lot of weight. And it's crazy to me. And I'm just like, I, I, we're just trying to figure this shit out. So... In, in that September, I, just to give y'all a background of where my mom's health is at that point, she, she had been going in and out of the hospital for some time, and it would always be like a little weekend visit, she would, you know, get hydrated, she would just, you know, she had blood pressure issues, and, you know, she would be out, she'd be back doing our thing, and I, I just want to let you guys know, my mom, she didn't fucking depend on nobody. And she hated to ask me and my sister for things. She would go back. She would do her hustle. She would take people to the fucking grocery store. She would take people where they need to go. She would go play her numbers. She would call me. She would call my sister. And she would pretty much, and she would reach out if she absolutely just had no choice and she needed something. And I, I always tried to make it very clear to my mom that she didn't need to feel like she ever had to ask me. She just had to tell me, like, here, I need this get it for me and I would be fine let me shoot you the things I'm in a place where I can do that and I want you to know that I would and you don't have to feel any type of way about that so she would go in the hospital you know for a weekend wherever she'll come back but this time 
she went in the hospital and I remember I came back uh, for Labor Day weekend because Hurricane Dorian, Cousin Dorian was out here being weird like and everybody in Jacksonville thought that it was going to be the same thing as what was it Harvey? Harvey was in Houston which one was it? I forgot y'all let me know in the comments um either way the hurricane from the previously her did previous year had did a lot of damage and so everybody was freaking out uh with the incoming hurricane dorian coming in so they sent us away i went to go visit my friend misha it was her birthday so i visited her and i remember driving to i remember driving to her birthday party which was in washington dc and uh i spoke to my mom on the phone and she had been in the hospital at that point for about a week and my sister was visiting, obviously, and my mom had a, a tribe of friends herself. Miss um, Dot, my cousin, Miss um, Jackie, Miss um, Veronica. I have to shout them out because they're just godsend. And so, in the times, because my sister's also a nurse, in the times that my sister couldn't make it over there because she works night shift, those ladies would come over. And at this point, Miss Jackie calls me and I'm on the phone <laughs> on the way to Misha's birthday party and my mom is literally convincing me to try to break her out of the hospital and I'm like what's going on and I'm guessing at some point the doctors told her that she needed to stay in a little bit beyond a week because a lot of stuff was just you know they were there's a lot of things that were being questioned so um I had to talk my mom off the ledge it didn't work um and basically, doctors and nurses have to follow that thing of, yo, if they're in good health and they're able to say that they don't want to be here, they ain't got to be. So my mom left the hospital. Um, me and my sister did as much coercing as we could to keep her in the hospital, but she didn't want to because my mom is not a bedridden person. She's not going to sit there all day. She wants to get up and be active. She wants to do things. She wants to run around for people like she's been doing all 60 years of her life and that weekend she went home my niece went to go check in on her a few times my sister went I'm still in North Carolina because I'm in this course and uh, one of her friends getting back to the cookout <laughs> I'm driving late at night I think I took a long nap or I had duty or something like that I'm driving and her friend calls me and she's like Kiki you need to get here. I don't know why you're not here. You're not right. I'm like, whoa, wait the, hold the fuck up. Wait, what? And this isn't one of my mom's close friends. This is somebody that lives in the building with my mom. So immediately I freaked the fuck out. And I, like, I, I just, I, I don't know what part of the road I was in. I, I, I swerved into the parking lot of Speedway, continued to um, call my sister hysterically because I am under the impression that something has gone terribly wrong <laughs> with my mom. Um, I didn't even think to call my mom at the time. I called my sister, I freaked her out. She stopped what she was doing at work because it was late and she was at work. Goes to my mom, you know, and um, she ended up going back in the hospital. There was a, uh, she didn't go in the hospital that night. There was another experience. Nope, I'm lying, she did. She went in the hospital that night. And my mom never left that hospital, okay? Over, let me get it together. Over the next month and a half was some of the worst emotional stress that I've ever dealt with in my entire life. Um, it was super hard. Um, just the roller coaster me and my sister had to get on we had to strap in and the only thing we could do is fucking raise our hands and just go the fuck with it um my mom was still losing weight she wasn't eating and it just got crazy i had to come home i, I graduated from the course september 25th my mother had already been in the hospital for like two, three weeks. I'm talking on the phone with my sister. Shit does not sound right. And I come home from this course and surprise, my husband's going to the same course that I just came for for the next two months. And I had 
have to, you know, I have to sit down with my husband. I'm like, dog, I have, I've got to go. Like, I've got to go. I don't, I don't give a fuck. But I know you're trying to go to your thing. I got to go. It's like that. Book your flight. Go. Come back. Let's fill out this shit and see what needs to happen. Well, because the way things are being told to me, I'm not sure what I should be feeling. Um, I don't, I don't know what direction I need to be going in, but I'll go home. I go home to Louisville in October, the first week of October, and I go see my mom. And I knew, I knew that would be the last time I would physically see my mom. And I did all the things I felt like I needed to do. I talked to her. I kissed on her. I hugged her. I made her a favorite meal. I tried to sing and dance with her, but she didn't even feel like it. And that was like one of the most hurtful things. Is I wanted to play music for my mom. She was just not in the mood. My mom was also very depressed, I feel, at the time. She had five brothers and sisters. And they all passed away proceeding. And she was the only sibling that was left and then she has two kids that have their own families and they both got three kids each and they both have these very like these these jobs <laughs> they can't really just stop because they have these kids and they have these, this husband it was very a very fucking weird place to be in and a feeling to feel and a feeling of selfishness and all sorts of different fucking emotions and I have to say, like, I, I did, I, I left that hospital, I got in the car, and I pretty much screamed to God, I tried to do it in the most respectful way, <laughs> but I screamed, and I was like, yo, what the fuck, you know, like, <laughs> I feel like God knows my heart, I know that he knows, that I wasn't trying to cuss him out, but I was just trying to figure some shit out. This was not how my year was supposed to go. And I felt it. And I was just, at the end of the day, I got in that car and I was just like, yo, like if this is some shit that needs to happen, prepare me for this. Because I don't know. I don't know how I'm supposed to get through this. You know what I'm saying? make it make sense you're gonna have to give me the strength to deal with this because I see where you're going (laughs) and I'm trying to like at the same time have faith and not give up but I also see where my mom is and I see where her mental state is and see that she is skin and bones at this point and the back of my head I've got to be real about what I'm about to go through because I don't want to lose my mind. Um, so I went back home and I continued to live life. I went back to work and I led the people in my office like I usually do. And I was went to the ball and was on the ball committee. It <laughs> was in the ball ceremony. And I'm dealing with all these things and I'm still trying to learn this guy that I work with. I'm trying to understand the way he does business. And then my husband's not there because he's in North Carolina now too. And then I've got these three kids that drive me crazy. <laughs> I love them. But they drive me crazy. And so there was absolutely no fucking time to do this podcast. I'm going to take a quick break because I feel like I'm going to get cut off. We're at like 29 minutes right now. I'm going to come back and I'm going to finish up and just let you guys know. And then we're going to get into some life stories. But I appreciate you for staying put. I'll be right back. And while I'm here, I think I'm going to slide in one of the lessons learned. So y'all just stay put and listen. In 2019, the biggest lesson I learned was that even though somebody's your family, even though somebody's your parent, your sibling, or whoever, they can still be toxic and 
ruin your life and you owe them absolutely nothing. And if they can't fix themselves and can't learn how to be a better person to coexist with you, then they don't belong in your life. y'all we're back i just got finished listening to one of the end of the year what i learned i'm continuing with my story if you don't mind um october was rough y'all uh it was extremely rough for me i think i was going through a lot of i like i, I should really sincerely <laughs> need to be in fucking therapy like i need to go sit in front of somebody somebody needs to analyze help me fucking calm down because I was just in a dark fucking place and I didn't feel like I didn't didn't feel like I could go to nobody I didn't go to my husband I didn't go to my group chat my tribe I just sat in silence a lot of the time and just allowed myself to be in this dark place and from time to time I I put a mask on and I got on Instagram or Snapchat to be funny (laughs) to make other people laugh I guess to make myself laugh to react to things, uh, to escape, be the true Pisces I am, and, and, and just really tap into that escapism, <laughs> because October fucking sucked, and October was okay until I got to Halloween, I got to Halloween, and I remember, um, we got off work early, I went to the store to pick up a few last things for trick-or-treating for the kids. I'm driving and I get a phone call from my sister and she calls and she pretty much tells me that the doctors have said there's not really too much more that we can do. We can we can make your mother comfortable. What's up? Or we can, you know. So I'm literally picking up my kids from the daycare and I I, I know I look a mess. Um, because at this point, my eyeballs are fucking watery, and I'm trying to look like somebody is fucking a superhero out here. I got my kids, and I gotta just, I gotta whip it on. Like, I gotta, like, okay, tighten up, niggas. Like, you gotta go pick up these kids, and you gotta go trick or treating tonight. <laughs> and you gotta go trick or treating. Go get your candy. You be all right. And I remember I came home from trick or treating tonight. Call my husband, we FaceTime, we FaceTime every night, and I let him know, you know, I don't, I don't know. Meanwhile, while I'm dealing with this side of it, I want to let you guys know that I'm talking to my mom on the phone, like literally every day, and she sounds like my mom. She doesn't sound in pain, she doesn't sound hurt, like, so in the back of my head, there's this, like, there's this unreasonable amount of hope that everybody is fucking lying to me. My intuition is lying. The doctor's lying. My sister's lying. Everybody's fucking lying. Because my mom sounds just fine. She's good. It's going to be fine. I'm going to fly. I'm gonna buy her a ticket. I'm going to fly back out here so she can have with the kids and stuff again. See the, her granddaughter. You know, shit's going to be straight. <laughs> so, my head and my heart are really conflicted because facts are facts and people telling you things but miracles happen every day g like what the fuck believe you gotta have hope like (laughs) so halloween was hard and then i roll into november and it's like i don't know you know I got a phone call from my sister. I got a phone call from my sister. Maybe on the 20th of November. And uh, she told me that my mom was going to be moving to hospice. Which, if anybody is unaware, hospice is pretty much end-of-life care. We're going to keep you comfortable going to make sure that you're not in pain, um, but even, we're not giving you anything to prevent um, your life coming to it. We're just going to make you comfortable. We're going to give you the things you need. So, 
I'm like, okay, well, let me let my bosses know this is happening. And then I'm going to go back home. Because I found out, like, that Friday. And it's so beautiful because nothing's beautiful about this. But I'm thinking about the last great conversation I had with my mom. And she called me. And she had just moved into this facility. And she sounds happy. And she sounds good. She sounds really good. And she's telling me she loves me and she's proud of me and she's checking on the kids. And my mom always made sure to tell me that I was beautiful and I was just always like, oh, girl. <laughs> and, yeah. So the next day, the conversation, mind you, I'm not getting into all the ugly parts of this whole story, but there was times that we, I, me and my sister had really horrible conversations with our mom because she was going through her things and you know she didn't want to be in the hospital she was very pushed back about that and she didn't want to be there so a lot of the times me and my sister are having conversations with my mom to just help her push through like please just let the doctor see please just let us and my sister's a nurse so she is already on top of this ain't nobody gonna tell us no wrong fucking information my sister was a complete advocate for my mother this entire time and even though I felt the things that I felt like they're not doing enough, my sister made sure to let me know, look, I have already challenged everybody. I'm advocating for our mom. Don't worry about any of that. And, you know, I believe and love my sister for keeping me calm for that. And I spoke to my mom. Last time I saw my mom, I knew I've, I had a, a really, like I knew. That was the last time I was going to see my mom. And she was mad at me because her hair wasn't done. <laughs> she was mad at me because her hair wasn't done. And she wanted my sister to hurry up and get on up there because she wanted her hair done. She's like, I can't believe my hair looks like this. And that was the last time I really, really talked to her. I got up that Monday morning, November 25th. And I, uh, I texted my mom on the way to work. I told her I loved her and I would talk to her soon. She was just like, when I was talking to my sister, my sister was up there. So my sister was there and just told me how peaceful she was. And she was just chilling, you know. And I was up late, weirdly, that night. I just washed my hair and was about to lay down, go to sleep. And my sister called and she let me know that my mom had passed on. I just ain't fucking felt I don't know how to feel about it still I thank my friend my friends for um, supporting me my husband for supporting my husband's family for supporting my sister my sister so this last part of the year since July okay just fucking nuts <laughs> Um, and I'm getting there. It's just, grief is so fucking weird. So, you know, I, I'm dealing with that. My work family who gets on my nerves, they took care of me. They made sure I didn't have to cook. Um, made me food, brought me food, sent me money, sent me a card, told me to go and do what I need to do. Didn't tell me to go come into work, show this, show that. They ain't bother me. They let me do what I had to do. I went home. And I buried my mom with my sister. And I was there for my sister. And we're moving towards a place of a new normal. Um, this feels so fucking surreal. And I feel like I had to talk about it. Um... But it's so real. It's it's a weird feeling. 
I'm literally, I'm in Texas right now um, for Christmas, New Year's Eve celebrations and stuff like that. And there's been multiple times where I was just like, let me pick up the phone call my mother. <laughs> let me pick up the phone and let me FaceTime. And it's, it's hard. Those moments of grief are the hardest shit I feel like I've dealt with this far. Talking about my mom dying is one thing. But it is, and I've said this on my personal Facebook page, is that it's the muscle memory of everything. I've known that woman my whole life. I, she's known me longer than anybody. And not having her immediately accessible to me, her not being this tangible being to me anymore, it feels really unfair. It feels like something I will never quite adjust to. But my mom was so fucking amazing. She was. I'm not going to go on no long tangent about my mom. My mom raised me and my sister by herself. And she made sure she, she raised a marine, she raised a nurse, and she raised two women with common sense. <laughs> who did their best to help other people, did the best to pay it back forward to her. And I know that my mom was proud of me. I never have to doubt that. But it's just, it's also moments of like, damn, I never asked my mom what she really wanted to be when she grew up. I never asked my mom, like these little stupid questions like little questions I think of now things that I wanted to ask my mom those things are the things that those moments where I see True do something and I want to send her a picture over text I want to pick up the phone and FaceTime the kids say something goofy or Christian says something about her my son those moments suck the most and they happen so often it's ridiculous so that is me and that is I'm trying I did not want to (laughs) I'm not trying to have everybody fucking upset on New Year's Eve or upset and crying or emotional but I really had to let you guys know that this is something that has affected me and I'm trying to move forward because at the end of the day like my mom was like couldn't tell me shit about electronics or podcast or Facebook or nothing like that but my mom just amped me up like nobody else didn't know what a fucking podcast was but she knew her daughter had one <laughs> excuse me and I'm going to miss her so much in 2019 truly although started very great for me was a fucking mess <laughs> in the end because I never saw me having to experience this type of loss and I know death is the one true thing that we can like guarantee out of life but my mom was young she was 60 she was vibrant she was sassy she was no nonsense I didn't imagine having to bury my mom this year This is a gross feeling to have. And I know I need to sit down and talk to somebody about it, but I'm going to get there. Oh, shit, man. It's so hard. It is so hard. Um, But I did want to let you guys know I'm okay. I am supported. I am loved. Um, People lift me up every day. And that's the one thing I can't can't say that about nobody else. I can't speak for nobody but myself, but... I make sure I check in on my sister and I know the tribe that I have and I know she has a group of girls around her that love and adore her as well and those folks like I talk to my sister it's like dog you need to go see counselors (laughs) because we can't afford to put all of this on our friends our friends are great at being friends 
but you can't dump all your emotional shit on your friends I don't think that's good because for me it's, it's a lot for me to take in other people's shit um Oh, I'm going to be feeling like how you feeling. <laughs> and I know that I want to do my best to shield my friends from harm. So if my harm is harming you, that's no good. Um, you get somebody that's fucking licensed to do that. I know we did an episode earlier this year about self-care. And I said, I said I was, I think I'm so scared for somebody to cuss me off in a loving way. <laughs> it is a scary thing. And I can't use this podcast as therapy either. I know. I know y'all I know but anyways I didn't want to I didn't want to end this on a sad note but I'm definitely gonna end it here that's my update guys this is the reason why I've been all over all over the fucking place I ain't been here I've been dealing with real fucking life and I've been dealing with loss and I've been dealing with grief and trying to figure myself out and move forward and not let this shit affect me yeah so when we come back I'm gonna talk about a few I'm gonna talk about a few things that I learned this year we'll be right back what has 2019 taught me um 2019 taught me to embrace myself to take on those challenges that sometimes I find myself running from, confronting my fears, um, living with peace, letting things go, trying to just, that nothing is more important than my own peace. Mentally, emotionally, my sanity, which is mentally, but I feel like I learned to just not be affected as much as I used to be by simple things that I can't control. Oh yeah. <laughs> what kind of intro was that? So I'm back and I wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about some things that I learned in 2019. First thing, be firm in your yeses and your noes. I feel like I tapped on this a little bit early in the episode, but I feel like for me personally this year, I said a lot of yeses when I met noes, and I said a lot of noes when I met yeses. And be firm in those motherfuckers, dog. You can't, no one is going to feel away if you don't want to do something or if you do want to do something. And if they do, then fuck them at the end of the day. Um... Like, there was people that invited me to go places, and I was like, oh, yeah, like, yeah, I should go, and I didn't really want to fucking go. Like, it could be something as small as that, or it could be a work opportunity, and if you really want to do it, but something is kind of holding you back, and you feel like you should say no, even though you really want to say yes, pursue that shit anyways. Be firm in your yeses and your noes, and that's something that I'm going to try my best to live by in 2020 because this life is mine I, I, I know that I assume responsibility for different people in my life but I have to really be self-assured and attack the things that I want to attack and do the things that I want to do and really pursue those and have no regrets no regrets about the things that I say yes and no about. Be firm in that. Mean that shit. Own that shit. So that's me. That's me talking to myself. Um, you will truly understand who has your best interests at heart when it all falls down. Baby, listen to me. <laughs> there are people who I thought that were going to honestly be there for me when I was going through the shit I was going through. And it wasn't like I was very silent about the shit. I was very, I won't say that I was out there with it either, but people knew what the fuck I was going through. And there were people who I never had a conversation with that reached out to me, that talked to me, that gave me their number, um, that encouraged me, that said I encouraged them at some point and they didn't want to see me lose whatever they feel like I have 
it, it was crazy to me because I'm looking at some of the people that I really fucking ride with and and I want to say this everybody's got their shit going on and so I try not to hold that but I see that at the same time uh, my good friend Gia has always let me know that people make time and space and opportunities for the shit that they want you know what I'm saying like so sometimes it, there were there were points where I felt felt disappointed because I expected, and this leads into this leads into another thing I learned, because I expected me from a lot of different people. I expected me. You, we've got to stop expecting ourselves from other people because we're not gonna get that, and we're just gonna we're just gonna take on a life of fucking constant disappointment because everybody don't move or maneuver in the same way in which we do. And everybody's not gonna take care to your feelings and your heart the way that you would for them. And you gotta you gotta be honest with yourself and transparent with yourself about that. Because sometimes you see that shit before it even happens. You know somebody ain't shit before you get an opportunity to even see their ain't shitness. And we just gotta be honest with it. We gotta know that. At the end of the day, if some shit going on with me, I know that motherfucker ain't gonna care. You're not gonna see yourself in other people. And you got to find out who you wanna give your time, space, love, advice to. Who's gonna cherish those things? Because everybody's not gonna be that for you at the end of the day. I'm moving really fast. But I don't have too many things, I just have a few. So don't expect yourself out of other people because, babe, <laughs> whew, you're just going to be sad and lonely and upset all the fucking time because you feel like, well, this is what I would do and that motherfucker ain't doing that shit. It ain't going to happen, sis. That's just not their character. They're not going to do it. They're not going to be in the clutch. And that's something you, you, you either accept that person for who they are or you remove that person from your life and you power forward and you go fuck with people that fuck with you. So, moving on. <laughs> Baby, let me tell you how I dealt with all these people this year because I really was. I, I, I said I was gonna move on, but fuck it. Especially with this podcast thing. I took a lot of, I took a lot of things personal this year. Um, I was very emotional, obviously. Um, but like even with this podcast I was just like yo man like damn man people that be fucking with me don't even fuck with my shit or the things or my art or the things that I like to do they're not amping me up they're not sharing my shit they're not liking it fuck what the fuck (laughs) I would do if it was you I would have helped y'all you know what I'm saying like and everybody's not going to be that way but you need to you kind of just gotta adjust fire and fucking keep pushing forward at the, I mean, it sucks. It really does. Um, I was looking at a lot of people like, damn, dog, I know I didn't I didn't did this, I didn't that, did that for you. Because I was really heavy on reciprocity this year, too. And saying that I ain't going to be keep breaking my back for motherfuckers who don't do the same for me. So you, I took mental notes. I took a lot of mental notes this year. <laughs> and I'm just not going to expend... I'm not going to expend this energy on people who do not rate it, who don't know how to show it back, who can't commit to me and love me in the way that I love them. You know what I'm saying? Is it selfish? Is it self-centered? I felt like that at first, but it's not. That is just having a relationship with a person. You scratch my back, I scratch yours. I don't expect it, but it would be nice if you fucking did because I'm doing it. (laughs) Damn. So anyways, I'm going to move because I get a little passionate about that one. This is another one I had to. I had to do it because I was noticing I was getting it from other people. But I knew that I, I realized I did it too. And this is the other thing. Receiving opinions is clapbacks. Everybody wants to be a clapback king or queen these days. Everybody. It means a lot to people. That's why people get on the shade room comments, the baller alert comments. Everybody wants to be the first person with a sickening joke and the clapback. That's why I screenshot these motherfuckers and upload them and show the world 
how somebody got with somebody in the comments. I'm a member of several groups, right? And sometimes I have a blunt opinion <laughs> on certain things, especially when they're like really common, common sensory type things. I'm like, what the fuck are you asking us for? Like, and so I put my little thing, I put my little comment down there. And then I noticed the motherfuckers want to take it a personal way. When I'm just responding to the thing that you just asked me. Why are you upset with me? Because I responded to the thing. I hope I'm making sense. I'm, I really wish I had an example. But for instance, somebody asking a question about something and the answer seemed really fucking clear and concise. It's crystal as fuck. And you say it and you're like, duh, girl. Maybe that's my problem because I should say that. <laughs> but this is the thing. Receiving opinions is clap back. Don't take it personal. Context is important. If your response contains a personal attack on looks or characters, probably because someone made an accurate observation that you didn't feel like addressing. They even make sense. I don't know. I just feel like a lot of people, when you disagree with them, they get mad at you. That's I, there's there's actually a few people who I see um, in the social media world that post things, and I want to reply to them, but I may not always have the same opinion as them, and I don't feel like going back and forth with them because it's gonna turn ugly. It becomes one of those things where. It feels like they mad at you because you don't agree with them. And why are you taking my response? It's nothing personal. It's it's just a response. I don't agree with you. Can we learn to really just fucking disagree with each other? Like peacefully in 2020? I feel like that's really what I was trying to get to. But it feel like people don't, they ain't trying to hear that shit. They want a bunch of yes men. They want a bunch of people to go ahead and, and like their sentiment because it matters to them that people agree with them. And I'm okay with being disagreed with because I'm going to feel the way I fucking feel regardless. <laughs> I'm going to feel my feels. And that's why I, I, there are literally certain people who I do not comment on their shit because we gonna, we going to go at it. Because I don't agree with you, but you, you didn't show me that you can't take disagreement well. And I wish you well. Shit. Like, I ain't doing it. I ain't doing it. I ain't going back and forth with y'all about my opinion in 2020. How about that? And every time I post one and it's a one that disagrees with me, it's not a clap back. I'm not trying to get at you. Sit your uh, hot ass down. I, I, what's, the, what's the problem? What's the problem? Okay. Sit down. Shit. Anyways. I think the last one, and I'm going to put a few people after this one. Grudges are stupid. Ex assess and apologize if applicable. Abort and abandon if necessary. Don't be holding no grudges. I'm, this is for me. I am talking to myself. I am a grudge holder. I do. I see things. I pee. And bitch, I'm going to hold it against you until you apologize. <laughs> I try not to, but I just, I know me. I'm seeking self-improvement. I'm moving towards being a better person. I want to be mature about the things that I'm mad about. So if I'm mad about it, I kind of need to just talk about it. And then let's move towards peace, conflict resolution after this bitch. Let's be grown. <laughs> um, I say this because when my mom was in the best of spirits, when her better, healthier spirits, I got passed over last year or this year and my mom didn't call me and I was posting all this pseudo sad Drake shit on Facebook and I just felt like you know you'd be feeling like somebody peep your energy and they're just gonna check on you <laughs> like and I wanted my mom to and it was just like I'm really sad someone check on me and my mom usually is pretty good with it little to little did I know my mom was dealing with the shit she's dealing with but I was upset because I'm like, she's not paying attention to me. And I always got to call my mom. And why don't she ever call me? Just so fucking dumb. Look look at my the end of my year. And look at the top of my year. And that's the shit I was worried about. Holding grudges is fucking stupid. 
It is. It's so much. I went on strike with my mom. So, no, I'm not calling her until she calls me. <laughs> I said, I'm not calling her until she calls me. Because I was calling. And the phone works both ways. For fucking what? For what? Also, I didn't write this down, but I challenge and or encourage you to fix whatever's fucked up with you and your parents. If it's something that cannot be fixed very well, get your peace, fill it out, go fix it. If it can be fixed, let it be. Let it be fixed. Don't be waiting on other people to to fix that relationship with them. Just do it. I don't got nothing witty or crazy or funny or nothing to add to that, but fix it. Work it out. Somehow, some way. You know what I'm saying? Emotional. It feels like the same shit every year. It's like the grind to run faster, stand out more. It's getting. for 2019. I'm sorry I was spacey all over the place. I've been home at my mother-in-law's house and I'm here by myself and I didn't know if I heard something so I had to be quiet a few times. I swear I'm not pausing for a fact. <laughs> I'm just trying to make sure that, that I'm here by myself and ain't nobody gonna pop out. Alright, so let's get to some, some of these lessons learned in 2019 and we'll be back to close the show. Good morning, Merry Christmas, this is Treya. One thing I've learned about myself is that I need to cut people off before I allow my patience to wear thin with them. Um, I say this because oftentimes I see red flags from people that let me know that it's going to be a toxic relationship, whether it's a friendship, a relationship with a family member or a personal relationship, and I tend to ignore them trying to see the best within people, and it sends me over the edge, and that's not the kind of person that I like to be. So my goal this year is to pay attention to those red flags and know when to just cut it off and let it be because no person is worth disturbing my peace that bad that I get out of pocket with them like that. So yeah, that's it. Hopefully this advice can be used by others. Merry Christmas. Ooh, so 2019 has taught me that if you are going through hell, honey, keep going. Because the rain is going to come, life is going to happen, and if you're not ready, that shit will catch you off guard. So uh, keep an umbrella for your feelings, okay? And uh, shit, man, just keep dancing in the rain. That's all you could do, because when the rain comes, it, it don't make no sense to be sad. You don't know the difference in your rain and your tears sometimes, so just keep it moving. Nothing can last forever, and can't nobody stop time. All right, y'all, we have come to the end of the episode, but I appreciate you guys again for your support. Go ahead and follow me again on on at So There's That Pod, and keep it Kentucky on Facebook to keep up with us. The show will continue in 2020. I'm trying to lock myself up because everyone's coming in the house right now. Things is about to get real. Y'all.
y'all be safe i wish y'all the best a happy and prosperous year i hope you guys write out all the goals and intentions and you are able to follow through on those as i am going to be practicing consistency as well i plan on at least giving y'all episode once a month i'm gonna be really missing this year but i also think i will have time in order to be able to do that Baby steps, okay? So, anyway, 